0: It's Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back.
1: I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 It's
2: Glenn at Best Buy Wow, you did us?
3: Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Each week we spill tea in our group chat and each week we let you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky.
0: I'm Glenn at Bedside Breath. And I'm Shade at Black Girls Texting.
1: And today we have a really, really, really special guest. Um, we've been planning this episode for a while because, I don't know, it's just super important. And yeah, so without further ado, we have a doctor in the house, <laughs> um, a beautiful black lady doctor in the house. Yeah. Um, a Brooklyn bred, Brooklyn born, Brooklyn raised doctor in the house. Um, yeah, and we've we've known you since like high school. I don't know, Shadé, Glenn. You all want to add anything?
0: I've known Sinead since we oh. were little kids on Beacon Street. <laughs> so to now know that you will be delivering my child whenever I have one is.
3: Yeah, that is really special.
1: <laughs> Wait, would that be weird to have your friend in oh, your Oh, no. I've got,
3: got a whole waiting list. No, we're good.
1: Okay. Yes. No, okay, so I'm going to jump on that list as well. Yes, please. <laughs> Perf. Um, but, yeah, we thought it was really important to have you on. We have a lot of questions ourselves. Our, our, um, okay, ourselves. I've been drinking a little wine.
3: <laughs> oh, um, good. So now I feel <laughs> less bad when I pour myself as a glass of work, Okay. Right <laughs> yes, girl.
1: Pour. Um, and also, our listeners have a lot of questions as well.
3: Okay. Um, well, real quick, my name is Shanae. Um, I'm so honored to be, I'm so proud of you guys. Like, this is such an amazing platform. And, um, I'm just so glad that we all kind of, you know, grew up together, have the same interests, are from the same, you know, background, and we can all, you know, share this in our adult lives. So, shout out to each of you girls. Um, I'm I'm oh really God. happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Of
1: That's course. awesome. Um, but so yeah, let's re- let's do it. Jump let's, in. Let's jump in.
0: Well, before we jump in, actually, I mm-hmm. just want you to highlight maybe some of your accolades because. You're a whole ass doctor. You're just a great institution. (laughs) Every time time I see you,
3: Shade, that's like the only thing you say. I really can't. Whole ass, ass, always.
0: Um, She's a whole ass doctor, Dr. (laughs) Jefferson.
3: I mean, well, it's true. Like, it's really no, you can't really half ass it. So that makes perfect sense. But, um, you know, from Brooklyn, went to a tiny, you know, school called Haverford in Pennsylvania, went to Penn for medical school, um, and now. I've been a doctor at Jefferson, an OBGYN resident for the last two years, about to be halfway through my residency program. Thank God. Um, um, but yeah. so incredible. I'm about to cry.
0: <laughs> You're
1: <Shiny>. funny.
3: <laughs> no, it's okay though, because on the real, Shadi, I was thinking about that too, like when she says... Growing like on the streets of Makon, like my cousins, like everybody grew up in Bedsty, and she went to school with my cousin, and I'm talking about real young, like five, six, seven. Yeah, yeah. used mm-hmm. to play jump rope on the yes. street, like in the summertime. Just... Shadé, you
1: could double dutch.
3: See, Janae, yeah, don't Ooh. believe you. She cannot... I didn't <laughs> say it was double dutch. Okay, was kinda early. For <laughs> okay. okay, I'm not gonna lie on you, Shadé, but <laughs> come on
0: i'm just saying that they'd be like you you was playing outside you was jumping rope and i'm like okay.
3: right
1: I you were in bed are you sure I you weren't in central PS park
0: 308
3: <laughs> wow it. shots fucking fired really for real though damn
1: no but dead ass like being a doctor is like like when you grow up it's like you need to be a doctor or a lawyer, you know, like that's, that's such a prestigious career. And here you are a young black woman who did it. So we're all proud of you.
3: Thank you. I appreciate that. And like, I feel honored with my patients when I have my black woman patients, like not to be biased, like I give all my patients excellent care. <laughs> but when it's, you know, my black ladies who are in labor or, you know, just coming to the, the office for a regular checkup and you know, I can tell that they were starting a conversation that has never been had with this person. Um, Just the information and the education and like being able to relate to my patients in this way, Um, you know, being from another urban community in Brooklyn and then being here in Philadelphia, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm where I should be in terms of being near people who would reach me, who I can reach rather.
1: Yeah. Speaking of, like, your black women patients, have you noticed, like, a heightened sense of fear? I don't know. I've been seeing everywhere, like, black women die when they have babies. Black women, you know, Serena Williams, Beyonce. Like, it's – have you noticed that?
3: Um, So, for me personally, I'm like, yes, sure. I notice it because now I'm here, you know. Mm -hmm. I've been hearing about those stats and, like – we all understand how you know (laughs) I don't even know how to put words to it especially in this kind of day and age still where shit just keeps on happening but like we all know that black people gonna do the worst just have in terms of society and how things have been set up it's like Mm -hmm. we were not set up to win we were not set up to be listened to we were not set up to be acknowledged so Mm -hmm. you know I feel like I've known that But to be a physician now and to be on the other side of, you know, the questions and like to be the one that is observing, you know, how these women get cared for or, you know, other people's interactions with them that I'm like, huh, like something is different and I don't, you know, I don't know what it is, but these women are fearful, like these women like feel already a lack of like trust. And it's I can't imagine what it's like to be, you know, thinking about, you know, being pregnant the day that you deliver your kid and you feel like the whole time you weren't really listened to or that you were kind of being herded and from one decision to the next without somebody like taking the time to explain it to you. And granted, any patient can feel like that, But I feel like there is something that, you know, makes black women more reserved to kind of, you know, inquire further just because, um, you, everybody gets so caught up and Mm -hmm. it becomes really scary really fast when, you know, plans don't go, things don't go as planned and you have a family and a young black woman who may not, you know, make it, um, and everybody just feels like, I, I don't know where this went wrong. I don't know what happened. Right. And I think those are the stories that definitely get publicized. And, you know, I can't say that I see, again, that I, I see for myself, like, black women getting, you know, worse care that's leading to worse outcomes. But um, there is something that's definitely in the water that makes things more difficult for, you know, black women to feel safe in the hospital, yeah. in the healthcare system.
1: It's crazy. Like, I'm not even there in life yet in terms of, you know, thinking about having a baby or anything. But I always joke with my boyfriend, like, when that time comes, like, you better fucking advocate for me because all this shit I'm seeing is, like, you need somebody else there, like, holding you down.
3: Yeah, yes. And honestly, I really like to believe that that is my job. And I say that to my patients when – I'm telling you, this happens every, every day. I -hmm. have a, you know, a black woman that comes in and I can just tell she's very nervous and is like asking questions in a way that I'm like, huh, no one's ever sat down and we haven't, no one's talked to you about this or kind of explained this or, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, all right, I hear you. And I want you to know, like, I'm listening to you. We're on a team. And, you know, I try my best not to make everything feel about race, but I was explaining to my co-residents, like, and we all been, we all been in private school. We know what it's like, you know, to be around primarily white people. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to feel like I'm, like, you know, being exclusionary. But I sometimes feel the need to, like, point at my hand, be like, yeah, I, I know, you know, pointing to my complexion, like, I hear you. I got you. I know that, and if I don't have the answer or if I can't be there for you or whatever, I will let you know that, but I want you to know that there is somebody here that's listening. And I see that that is all, that is all anybody ever needs. I had a patient literally two days ago. Within, I only interacted with her for maybe seven minutes tops. In the first two minutes, just because I was like engaging her, mm. she said, I feel more cared for and you haven't even done anything like, then I have this entire pregnancy.
0: That's crazy. Yeah.
3: And I'm just like, word, because I'm listening to you, because I'm using language you can understand. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about, you know, slang, no stereotype kind of bullshit, but I'm just talking about really eye to eye with my patient.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Do they teach like bedside manner <laughs> in medical school? That's an
3: age old question, man. I mean, no. Like, the thing is, is like, yes. I totally. This is a privilege, and I'm honored to be in like kind of like a prestigious role. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're just people dealing with people, you know. Right. And so you can tell those people who just like the short of it is no, you you can't teach bedside manner. You can't yeah. teach because that's asking. I mean, you can't teach somebody how to like step outside of themselves. You mm-hmm. hope with. The things that you do actually teach them and growth and experience allows them to, like, gain that insight that there is something to learn from other people. I think that is what holds people up. And, you know, as a doctor, I understand why people have a power trip and, like, you know, you're almost in a position where you have the final say a lot of the times. and. In my, you know, back of my mind, I can see how somebody would feel like, you know what? I don't ever really need to think about, you know, other people's experiences or see myself in somebody else's shoes. I think about how it would be if I was on the other side because I'm not on the other side and I'll never be on the other side. So, like, I can just keep doing what I'm doing. Right. And I think that becomes, you know, that is definitely a learned behavior. And yeah. Yeah. But it, it just is the it's interesting so much thing bigger is, than being a doctor. Oh, sorry. Sorry, continue. Oh, sorry. No, you go, no, you go.
0: I was just saying the interesting thing is I feel like often people don't even think about it. Like, I'm having a flashback to when I had to get a biopsy because there was, like, I had, like, an irregular pap smear. And I was seeing these Russian doctors in, like, Bay Ridge or somewhere. I don't know. And when I went in, like, they didn't really – explain what the process was going to be like to me didn't really explain like if it was going to be uncomfortable it just kind of like happened and then after I was like what the fuck like I felt so violated
1: so then should we pick like should a woman do you think go to a well first of all let me ask Shadi and Glenn do you all like pick female OBGYNs and then you know further pick you know it down and picks a woman of color
2: i kind of just went with what my insurance offered which happened to be this white man <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> and yeah and it was very bizarre his. like i had my pap a couple months ago and this dude i don't know y'all a oh, white Lord. man he had He's his there. shirt unbuttoned mad low and had on a big ass oh no Jesus piece on what?
3: Where were you? What <laughs> that iron, it didn't even what make year sense. was this? I'm sick, Literally, Glenn. Like,
2: a couple months ago, this man was, was, he was young like, or Jesus old, he's on like 40s. Glenn, hit the Zoc doc and find somebody else.
3: I'm scared.
2: It was bizarre. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I never really thought about it in that way because it was just so routine. Like, I'm just gonna look yeah. at my pap and I'm out.
3: Well, good. Get your um, pap, yeah. no matter who's doing it. So. Exactly. Wait, I, what? I, I really what like is that? covered
2: by my insurance? I'm just going to do it, but like, yeah. I would think that I mean I, I mean, I, I am sure that when it comes time for me to like have conversations around, like conceiving, that I would be very deliberate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With my choice. Yeah. This
1: might be a juvenile question, but like, at what point, at what age should a woman start or girl start yeah. getting pap's, and exactly oh. what is a pap?
3: Okay, so, um. A pap smear is a way to screen or kind of weed out people who might be at risk for uh, cervical cancer. And ultimately, you're looking for cells that, you know, appear abnormal or have HPV in them. And most of us know what HPV is, but it's an incredibly common sexually transmitted disease. Good, good. Gardasil. (laughs) Yes. Um,
0: okay. I was gonna ask about that because I definitely didn't, and when my I didn't either. Ass, I'd be like, "Yeah," because I'm I don't gay. want to. That, that shit hurt. hurt.
3: Yeah, I'm, I heard. I my my friends got it. I mean, I didn't get it, and like, okay, yeah, we could go into all of this. Don't. You I'm worry. real hot yeah, when it comes to that shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, shade we gotta talk about in that. Tea and prayer, but not nah, she. She's gonna vaccinate her children, right? Shade. Oh, I'm all right. Like shade. We'll speak separately. Nope. We'll, nope. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> we gotta talk about that
1: yes gather her
3: <laughs> in a separate in a separate uh, chat <laughs> wait but listen pap smears okay mm-hmm. so um they screen for cervical cancer hpv blah 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 um and a pap by guidelines over the last five years is to start at 21 years of age okay and i know some of us grew Mm -hmm. up in the time where you got a pap either when you became sexually active or at 18 no matter what Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is not um, that is not the current literature okay so that's one and the reason is because it's such a common and if you are like a healthy young person with a good immune system like you know the normal person is you're going to clear the infection and if you go looking for it and taking biopsies and doing things very early, it's unnecessary because chances are women under the age of 21 will clear the infection on their own. So no intervention whatsoever is needed. Mm -hmm. So pap smears at 21, when you're under the age of 30, you should get them every three years if they are normal. Once you turn 30 and they are normal, you transition to every five years. Okay? What? So so not every folks, year. Not every it, year yeah, anymore. But some Definitely. people do still because, you know, some I'm learning, like, people don't always go with the book. And, you know, medicine changes very frequently. And, you know, folks who are in their own practices who, like, are more old school, they're like, well, I've been doing this this long. Like, I'm not going to change it. But... No. Okay.
1: Okay. So, Good to know because I hate pap smears.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're terrible. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, this is so important. A lot of people think that just because they had a speculum, that's the metal thing that opens up the vagina, you know. Fucking whatever. hate speculums. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> but a lot of women think that just because a doctor placed a speculum, they had a pap smear. They equate the spe- the, the speculum with a pap.
0: Mm-hmm
3: it is not a pap smear. It's not even a swab that somebody would do for STD testing or if you've got like discharge or whatever and they got to take a swab. A pap smear is separate because it is specifically looking at cells on the cervix. And so ladies, if you're listening, you ask your doctor, if you see a speculum or whatever, you're like, oh, are you going to do a pap? Or like ask about those because a lot of women think mm. that they've gotten a pap smear because they went to the emergency department and were like, you know, bleeding or, you know, having vaginal bleeding or, like, having a miscarriage or something like that. They place a speculum, but they're damn sure not doing no pap at that time. So that's my soapbox for a second.
1: No, I love it. I was definitely getting them on an annual basis, and my doctor was telling me to, and I wonder if that was to get my insurance money. I
3: mean, (laughs) I, you know, I I don't know.
1: I'm very wary of doctors.
3: I understand. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, damn, get your insurance money. Because
1: I I, I feel like they're always trying to scam me, and, like, obviously they also save lives, but I feel like the bad ones, like...
3: I understand completely what you're saying, and you know what? I can't disagree. There's a lot of people that take advantage of things, opportunities, yes, like get kickbacks or, you know, bonuses from insurance companies. You know, it's a procedure that you can get charged, you can, you know, one, you get charged for, and then also that brings in some kind of revenue...
1: Isn't that, like, similar with C-sections? Like, I heard that, you know, people will go in and they want to have a vaginal birth, and then all of a sudden the doctor will say, nope, you got to have a C-section, and someone told me that it was because you get paid more with the insurance.
3: So, personally, I mean, I don't, again, like, none of these things sound far-fetched. At this point, my belief in, like, you know, the human race is anything can happen, True, clearly. So, I don't, I can't put it past anyone. But- One really important thing that I want to get across is that when it comes to this kind of shit, you know, it is you really have to take everything that you hear with Mm -hmm. a grain of salt. okay? because that is one thing I see as well Is like even when I'm the one doing all the counseling and explaining things and I'm like, yo, I know I laid this out for you. I had you repeat it back to me, whatever. And now I see you you know, a couple of weeks, the next day, months later, and you are you totally like misinterpreted everything that I was saying and you're you're like, whoa, where'd the break in the communication go? And so people's interpretation of things that happen during like, you know, scary or traumatic or you know, anxiety provoking events may not always be that accurate. And sometimes medicine is a completely different language. And it's our job as doctors to get that language across. But so many things get lost in translation. And unless you are aware, always aware of that as a doctor, you're not going to stop yourself and like figure out how to just, you know, use a term or a a word that's only like six letters long. So what i'm so, trying to say is that listening to other people's stories when it comes like to that is like mm-hmm. you, it just it's you have to take every experience for what it is and remember that all the shit that gets like publicized is like absolute worst case scenario but True. you wouldn't believe how many times a patient like hears something totally different than what what you were saying just because of the like heat of the moment ah <sighs> Okay,
1: what can we do – sorry, I'm asking the questions that the people want to know.
3: Oh, good, good, good. (laughs) Okay. Do your thing.
1: What can we do, like, if we're – we're not there yet, but for our listeners who are, who want to have vaginal births and, like, Mm -hmm. don't want to have C-sections? Like, is there anything you can do to make sure you don't have a C-section?
3: Okay, that's such a great question. And you know what? A C-section – that's you, Chelsea. Chelsea. That's me. Okay, great. So yeah, I totally hear, I don't want to make it seem like I was even like back channeling what, you know, was being asked before, but because the C-sections, yes, they are a surgery and it sucks if that is not what you were planning, but at the end of the day, in the best case scenario, you know, it's, we got to deliver the baby. We got to deliver the baby. And at least in my short, you know, career as a trainee, I have not been with anyone, any attending who was like trying to just do a C-section for shits and giggles. Okay. Like we are like, this is our last case scenario because for mom, and I say this to my patient, like if we felt like we needed to do this for mom and baby's health. So I don't want... People to think that having a C section is like a failure or the part on the doctor, like that they didn't do their job because at the end of the day, we got to get that baby out. But now, in terms of women who want a vaginal delivery, and if you have a good doctor, that should always be, you know, what their goal is as well because it's safer. It's really important to communicate during your prenatal visits and, you know, It's difficult, but you have to take ownership of your health and build that relationship with your doctor and ask those questions. Like, ask what the indications are for a C-section. And, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice in the matter if the baby's breech or a baby's not head down. Um, If you've got twins and one of them is and the one on the bottom is, is also not head down. Like if you've had a C-section before that maybe was like an emergency one. So the scars in a particular way where it's actually unsafe for you Mm -hmm. to go into labor, um, you know, that would be an indication for a C-section. But other than that, you know, if you've got a, anyone's got a good fighting chance to push a baby out of their vag, but like, it's important for women to like know that when they have questions and there's something they're unsure about, they should go, they need to ask their doctor and, and, and if their doctor is not giving them the answers that they need, or at least providing a resource like a packet or like a website that actually is not just, you know, a random forum, um, like that is their duty that they should be doing. And you should, you need to find somebody who's actually willing to, to be on that journey with you.
0: Okay, so totally switching gears to my hotepery. (laughs) What are your thoughts on birth control? Because (laughs) I personally stopped taking it um, and tries
1: to make everyone else stop taking it. I mm. really do.
0: I really do. I'm like very anti-birth control. I'm anti- trying to put everybody control. on it. That's funny. You do?
3: No, yes. I'm like, hashtag IUD, bro. What do you say? Yes. Oh my anti- God, I was about, to ask about that. Hashtag IUD. Well, so, you know, Sade, everybody does their own thing, you know?
0: I was on birth control since I was like 13. Mm. And then around 22, I want to say, I went to, so I have a homeopathic doctor back to my hotepery and she was like something's off like your thyroid like I don't know what's going on here and I was like I don't know and she went through everything and she was like I don't know about the birth control and I stopped taking the birth control and like I've never felt better like and I hear so many scary stories about like young women having strokes or young women having like issues Mm -hmm. getting pregnant and like I don't One is, I'm not a doctor right so I have no idea what that has to do with anything but I feel like you should just naturally get a period so anything that's causing you to not get your period or throwing off your period is probably not good for you
1: and didn't like Gabrielle Union come out and say that that like caused her uh infertility or something I take birth control I'm just playing devil's advocate
2: I mean I when I got my IUD it literally changed my life. Like I don't know if I had endrom- endometriosis or something but my periods were deadly. Like I was hospitalized every time like quite often. Damn. Um, and my IUD like I have never been happier. But I do have that same fear. Yeah, I have the marina. Yeah. But I I'm still I'm kind of like afraid cuz I just I hear you. did it didn't research enough probably.
3: Girl you know, Yes. <laughs> Talking about IUD, you just did it. I was, what, one year, I was out of college. It was a year before medical school. I was working as like a research coordinator, but also like babysitting on the side. And then any kind of research opportunity, you know, to join a clinical trial, I jumped in on. And I got my IUD place what? for cash. Okay. Oh my God. Stupid me. Did it during oh. my lunch break. So I was like, <laughs> fucked up. Uh, girls take what? 600 of motrin before you have your iud place cuz i can't lie that shit is uncomfortable but you know i didn't do any research either okay and I'm, it it is great to know that i'm not getting pregnant <laughs> like that and that's how mm-hmm. what i say to my patients i let everybody do your thing like i got to counsel you on birth control because i have to because you telling me you don't want to get pregnant and the only way i know how to not get you pregnant is either perform your abortion or put you on some birth control. And so yeah. I'm willing to do all three, but if you're telling me you don't want to be pregnant, I I'm going to try to put you on some birth control. Granted, not everybody, you know, it's a it's a medication, it's a hormone, it's whatever. So, everybody's going to respond differently to it, and I respect and totally empathize with folks who like can't tolerate it for whatever reason. Like you, Sade. I took my
0: IUD out. That shit was probably the worst experience of my life. Yeah. Like it yeah. going in, I was like, what the fuck? This was so painful. And then I was cramping and yeah. I was getting like it's spotting yeah, and it, it that's just that's, felt yeah. so shitty. And I was like, get this out of me. And I've been pulling and praying ever since. And I'm not saying that that's the Jesus way it goes.
3: Jesus Christ. She said pulling and praying. She said, you know,
0: that's I her know. motto. I shouldn't, ah! to, I shouldn't tell this to my future doctor. Sinead's going to be like, I'll be seeing
3: you soon. Dead ass. No, it's all deadass. <laughs> <laughs> like I tell, I, I mean, <laughs> all right. We're going to talk about that too separately. But I need to explain <laughs> something about the period stuff, okay? Because I, a lot of people say that. And when there are birth controls that have, you know, certain hormones in them, Hormones that your body naturally creates, something like the IUD, the the progesterone or the Mirena or Liletta, whichever one people might have, it is secreting a hormone that naturally during a woman's menstrual cycle, it's the hormone that is responsible for like getting the lining to start to shed, okay? And so when that IUD is placed eventually women don't get a period because they are no longer building up that lining mm-hmm. that would naturally just come down once a month. So the reason why you don't get a period is not because there's now just like old blood and old toxins or whatever inside of you. It's <laughs> that you like, you don't have a period to shed mm-hmm. and like a lot of like, I just hear that all the time. But, um, I get why. On the low, 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 like, I also feel I'm very, like, I don't know. (laughs) Part of me, anti, like, is anti-Western kind of belief in Europeanized, you know, thoughts of, like, health and medicine and all that shit. So I totally get it. I really do. Be a little sus at times. But are you ready to be called mommy? I mean,
0: No, IUD. No, no, not right now. But here's (laughs) the thing. Like, if it really came down to it, I will put on a fucking condom. Like,
1: like Shade, when do you put on a condom?
0: (laughs) If it really came down to it. Be honest.
1: (laughs) We have a doctor in the house.
0: Well, okay. If I sleep with a stranger, I I wear condoms all the time. If I'm sleeping with someone that I've been seeing consistently, yeah, no, that's not happening. Yeah, but do you You get tested
3: every three months? Mm. I don't. Okay, you don't got know. to lie yeah. on the not, air. I'm Damn. Like, I'm like, you I'm don't got to, got lie. to lie, Craig. I'm like, mm, not every three months. Not three. How often, though? Probably like
0: annually. Is that too little?
3: It's not too little. You got to do what makes. Listen, this shit been working for you, Sade. What are you, 27, 28?
0: 27. Oh, no fucking kids, man. Yeah, I mean, don't do your drink yourself. True, <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm out much here. Much. I'm out here and is about to be like. Oh, I'm praying a goddamn baby shower next <sighs> year. Um, but no. Um, <laughs> I I do you not, need to
3: be. You need to be tested more frequently then. Just yeah, and, for your I, and I do not advise
0: mind. that to um, <laughs> listeners to pull and pray. That is not. And don't do that.
3: You gotta ask these niggas. Sorry, excuse me. Can I say that? Oh, oh yeah, awesome. you can. Okay, right. You gotta ask them when they're getting tested as well because. Somebody will be like, oh yeah, like I'm good. And then it's like, yeah, I got tested. And it was like, one, 2009? Like, no, you need to. Not 2009.
0: <laughs> yeah. Get it oh, that it. dick is moldy.
3: Damn. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so just
1: going back to our, to our, uh, yeah, whatever. Too much wine. Um, <laughs> fibroids. Oh, I feel yes. like fibroids. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. Going with it. Sometimes it's difficult to transition after you talk about moldy dick. Um fibroids are it seems like black women just get them. Yep. You're right. Is there something to prevent that or what should you do when you find out you have a fibroid or let's just talk fibroids.
3: Word. Okay. You're right. Black women have a increased rate of fibroids. I I don't know if anybody really knows why, but all black women pretty much know that. And so it really depends on what the, first of all, fibroids are benign. They are growths. They are not cancerous though. It's kind of just like a bunch of like hard kind of rubbery tissue that collects in different parts of the uterus. Um, Can guys feel it? No no, no no, they shouldn't. well, your cervix remember you can, sure. <laughs> no dude is reaching the ute. no dude is reaching the uterus, but no guys can a woman anyone can feel it if it's really big, if it's like pressing on your bladder or like you know pressing on your rectum or something like that. Some women have really large ones that make them look like they're like six months pregnant when they're not. Oh my so God. those are the ones that like are you want to do something about um, because it's affecting your daily life. Um, and so you would want to see if there's like an option for surgery. but ultimately, if you've got a small tiny fibroid that you know for whatever reason you had imaging, you had an ultrasound or something like that um, and they happen to see a small fibroid, you know there's nothing that has to be done about that um, if it's not causing you any pain or issues. Now, what a lot of black women end up sometimes experiencing is these very heavy, painful periods when they have fibroids. And that can be because where the fibroid is located, it's located in the lining of the uterus, as opposed to in the muscle or right outside of it. Um, Mm. And so when it's within that lining of the uterus, it affects the uterus's ability to like contract or have like a muscle tightening and the muscle tightening is what, you know, eventually needs to happen to shed the blood during your period or to have a contraction or have a baby or, you know, things like that. So it just gets in the way of that. And so these women end up having more pain and like heavier bleeding because the muscle can't contract to, to reduce it.
1: So is there something you can do to make a fibroid shrink? Because I know they can grow.
3: Yeah, so they can grow. Um, There are a couple of things that can make the fibroid shrink. So um, they are not without their risks. One thing is um, a a medication called Lupron. And pretty much what that does is (gasps) sets you into menopause. It stops your estrogen. Um. For, it stops your body from naturally uh, producing estrogen and the fibroids are responsive to estrogen and they can, um, they can start to kind of like get smaller or shrivel up or die. That is one thing, but again, who once is a young woman who's like volunteering? They go through menopause early, and by go through menopause, I mean it's reverse. It's it's completely reversible. It's you can return back to function. It just shuts everything down for a little while, depending on how you take it. Oh, okay. I was like, Shit. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Wait, not. is
1: Lupron the one though? Because I know that there was a medicine for fibroids that caused like a lot of issues. Like, there's like a class action suit.
3: Mm, I don't know. I really don't. I'm going to Google why you, yeah, go- while you yeah, explain. Yeah, let me know because teach me too. But so that is one thing. If you, for women who, you know, want to become pregnant, sometimes they opt for uh, a surgery where like the doctor removes a bunch of fibroids from the uterus. Um, that obviously, it's, you know, it's a major surgery. The uterus has a lot of blood flow. So it's usually a surgery that involves a lot of blood loss. Um, so that's not without its risks. Yeah, there's ways to cut off the blood supply near the fibroids to help them shrink. There's a bunch of different things that can be done. sounds really intense, though. I know. It does. It does. But that's the thing is, like, it depends on how bad it is for you. Like, anything. Like, if it's really bothersome to you, then you're, you're figuring out what you need to do. But a lot of the times, mm. they're not. They're mm. not doing anything. They're just found incidentally. Yeah.
2: So we talked a little bit earlier about all the complications um, in terms of conceiving and delivering full term um, for black women. And you just mentioned that we are, we have like a higher chance of having fibroids, but is there anything else, I guess, genetically or within our physical makeup that makes it more complicated
3: for us? Yeah, like literally across the board, it's so frightening. It's so weird, like, you know, Things like uterine cancer, you know, are when it's when it happens in black women, it's like more aggressive and tends to be found in a later stage and like has worse outcomes. Uh, Breast cancers um, often are the more aggressive types are um, more common in black women. You know, basic things like high blood pressure and it's just. It, it runs a gamut. And I think the most important thing that we can do is uh, try to break the cycle of basic, you know, and I'm not speaking for y'all, but you know, just some black people share where you're like, damn you, do you need all that? Gravy, or you need all that something. It's like, why? Damn, but the gravy mm, is I, good. It's true, Beto. We know. Like, <laughs> come on, no. the gravy go? Your Sade only gonna... eats
1: asparagus.
3: <laughs> Sade, I'm learning so much about you tonight. I just gotta come. I gotta, I gotta. Check in with y'all. I sound like
0: a <laughs> crazy like Like you just moved woman. to California. Right, yeah, right, that's right, what right. you sound back, like. Back, back, as I sit here with my fucking kombucha and <laughs> oh, God. my new delivery of lululemons <laughs> Oh, God, I'm
3: lying. I, I ha- Did we really play, Jump exactly play on song You, you, you Exactly. I get it now. <laughs> we don't believe her. We need more people. Damn.
0: Listen, but don't let me. Run, y'all, on some fucking spades in my Lululemons with my kombucha with a side of fucking Hennessy. Oh, I don't like Hennessy, actually. God. Yeah, like I you tried it with was... the Hennessy. You really I, that was a stretch. I, I don't think. like Hennessy. All right,
1: Damn, I like nice. me some Hennessy. Me too. But... Ooh, let's have a spades tournament with some Hennessy.
3: I can't play spades.
1: <gasps> y'all don't want
3: the smoke. See? I it don't can... matter because I could jump double dutch, Sade. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and I could do tricks. Holla at your boy.
0: Can any
1: one <laughs> of you braid? I can I don't understand how black girls
3: can't breathe. I can breathe, but like I can't run somebody like I can't do nobody's cornrows. (laughs) Like I can't Alan Iverson he wouldn't let me, you know, do his thing, but can I throw some some ones to the back, like set it off? Yes. Some Queen Latifah set it (laughs) off.
1: Okay, let's get ba- get it All together, right. yeah. ladies. <laughs> um, so I read your Medium article, and I r- I'm really curious to learn more about DOD, Daughters Ooh. of the Diaspora. Could you tell us more about that?
3: Yes. So um, Daughters of the Diaspora is a nonprofit um, that was created by my mentor, Joy Cooper, who's OBGYN OB-GYN um, in Oakland. But she's Philadelphia born and raised like one a oh, ten. Yeah, she's, she's an OG. And she had like a vision that you know creating a space for like education and um like awareness promoting like self-esteem and just basic kind of sexual health and reproductive health um is important for young women of color uh just as a way to prevent you know the poor outcomes that we were just discussing you know like if you know, if Anybody, but like black women in particular, like if they understood what, you know, these things mean, what sexuality truly means and not just kind of what's portrayed or expected of them, Mm. if they have the opportunity to, you know, learn exactly like what your period is, why you have it, they'll just, you know, I I just don't see how it, it won't contribute to you know, their empowerment and them being able to feel like they're agencies of their bodies and their future because they know what their bodies are capable of. Um, and so it's, it's an organization that I've been a part of for maybe four years now and medical students learn a curriculum. There's a curriculum that we have that, you know, has excerpts from Maya Angelou and Nora, uh, Zora Neale Hurston has you know, quotes from Serena Williams about just kind of her life, but then also embedded within it are like some hardcore, you know, learning about the hormones that lead to your menstrual cycle and learning about contraception and kind of walking through um, what it's like to walk into the delivery or the labor floor as a young mom, like about to have her baby, like having opportunities where women or the young girls list. You know, their goals are marked down on a map where they want to travel to so that they can just think outside of the box a little bit and understand that they can reach those things. But it's important to have that space because, you know, in certain communities, you only know what's right in front of you. And it happens that everybody your grandma, you, you know, no one's been on a plane before. No, like, and that circumstance, that's not judgmental at all, but there needs to be a space for young black women to just hear and see things that have not always been publicized or passed down or directed toward them by folks who look like them. So it's medical students, black medical students who learn the curriculum, um, you know, me as a resident kind of the face of it in Philadelphia for now um and it's just it's just important like and it it has brought me so much joy and it really um it keeps me so grounded and it motivates me so that's amazing for asking about it
1: Yeah. And that's so important because I feel like a lot of young black girls might want to go into the medical profession, Mm -hmm. but they're like, it, it almost seems impossible.
3: It does. Yeah, it's true. These 13 year old girls at one time, the things that they were saying was like profound. They just like, you know, your braids just made me feel so much more comfortable. Like I always, every time I say I want to be a doctor, everybody tells me like, it's too hard. It's too hard. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And like, they were really shocked and so appreciative that like just some regular fly girls from whatever city they were from were just kicking it to them real and like really Providing the education. And I was like, damn, I can't believe, I can't believe that in your young life, like this is moving you this much. Like, damn, there's not enough role models enough.
1: No, there's not. That's amazing. We need to do something. I don't know, collaborate with DOD somehow. Yeah. That's amazing. And like,
3: we're still trying. Yeah, that would be amazing. But we're, you know, it's interesting because it's hard. It's just hard. It's hard to set up that space all the time and everyone's got busy schedules and, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, we are working with adolescents and so um, it's difficult to find like the the space and the time to get this done. Um, but you know, the mission and the passion is there and the crew is there so we can continue to grow together. I would love to figure out how we can build.
0: Yes. Okay, I don't want to keep you all night because you are a whole lot oh, I don't even know. You know? Even I know I got, can speak to you forever. You I feel like Dr. I've been Dr.
3: rambling though. Tings like, Aguant. have I been doing okay? No, this, no, this is, is doing amazing.
0: So do important
1: creeps, for our beep. Beep. listeners. But wait, can I, I want to know. We can oh, okay. do, no, we you can go, do multiple
3: oh. things too, though, because this is perfect. Yeah, we need a part two. Yay! Okay.
0: I want to know, and I don't know how comfortable we are talking about this. <laughs> so if this is like a no go, just shut me down. But what are your opinions on everything going on with these abortion laws?
3: Um, so I deliberately stay out of the ins and outs of politics. I'm ignorant and, like, I'm willfully ignorant. Uh, so, like, I know broad strokes. It's blissful. Yeah, I mean, I got to. I <laughs> yeah. got to. I really do, to survive. But, um, you know, I'm familiar with Alabama them trying to not only make it illegal, which has, like, been the thing, but, like, then to criminalize physicians. Mm-hmm. So that's the big thing. Some More shit time Ohio. than rapists. Yep. Oh, my God. Some of the things that, yeah. Oh. The raping incest. there's the a conspiracy incest. that they're
2: trying to grow the white, the white race.
3: That's what's been, that's why people don't believe in a lot of hoteps, speaking Days ass, don't believe in birth control <laughs> because they're, like, convinced that it's going to be, you know it's it's to stop black people from procreating but i will say that's I'm not, not with that, that. extreme okay <laughs> but you know they did used to perform like hysterectomies on black women like mm-hmm. just f- for shits and gigs without their consent or anything like that so i get where that's rooted in but um i don't know i mean i feel like i said before the human race is like profoundly disappointing to me a lot of the time and nothing Everything that I thought is would be a surprise could never happen is like dead ass happening. So I'm just trying to. It's like Handmaid's Tale, yo. And I don't even watch that because I, I I'm not in the right headspace for that. <laughs> oh, it's but crazy. Like, you know, for me personally, like on the real real, I'm I'm gonna be an abortion provider, and I'll stamp that on my back. And it's not like it's fun for me or anything like that, but like that's a skill that needs to happen and my mom talks about the fucking coat hanger days and when people Damn. used to drink random concoctions and be dead
1: or throw themselves down the steps and yeah all like of some shit.
3: real fucked up shit and um, I'm not I can't be a part of that like uh, I don't know what is gonna happen you know here now whatever but um, I'm gonna keep you know fighting my fight and doing what i gotta do because yeah that shit is stupid
1: on a lighter note <laughs> from a doctor and again tell me if you don't want to answer this but mm-hmm. a listener asked can you break your clitoris from too many vibrators
3: interesting that is a new one <laughs> What? what break yeah that's a complex like packed. you don't know, like loose sensation yeah, because loose – yeah. it is it losing in function or is it broken, like, architecturally speaking? That's how they wrote the question. I understand. Okay. <laughs> I think they mean, like, loose sensi- sensation. Yeah, they probably become sensitized. Damn. It's – I have not heard that, but, like, its com- it sounds completely feasible. Like, you're going a little bit too ham, mommy. I, I get gotta it. you got to be careful but... with those Hitachis, man. Oh, I don't even
0: – Those are the yeah, – big... they're <laughs> 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 Just
3: can't be wilding. yeah use everything in moderation like a little massage but i don't know i'll do some research on that actually and i'll get back to you guys and you disseminate <laughs> thank you um
1: should we move on to the, oh, wait, one question before the what would you do? Yeah. Are there any safe home remedies? We know someone who put a garlic up there, vajayjay. For I put
0: garlic in my vagina. And then it got stuck For and then what? the birth, the garlic. The
1: garlic. Yep, Shadi, I wasn't even going to call you out.
0: <laughs> I put garlic in my vagina because I had a yeast infection and I didn't want to use the um, whatever the shit is that they give you. So I was like, oh, so I tried. It was a cream suppository or some shit? Yeah, because well, I've had yeast infections before. Of course, of course. Or they the should dipfucan, give you the Diflucan pill. Diflucan, kind of yeah. Pill. And like, Modestat hurts. Sometimes yeah. I'm not a huge fan. Again, back to my hotel. So free. did the garlic work? So it did. What? How? <laughs> it's hard to get out. Tell me what it did. I just wasn't like. Okay, this also wasn't like an extreme yeast infection. Did you like have it, a diagnosed the, if the yeast ext- infection, or it was no? The same I was, this is a self-diagnosis. This was oh, like Jesus. this feels like a yeast <laughs> infection's coming on. I'm gonna, you know, eat some more yogurt <laughs> and do the do the garlic, Poor and, and it was fine. Over my
3: fucking exactly.
0: Get just get my pH right. My probiotics. Get my like, shit together. I if I had like an extreme yeast infection, which I've had, and I feel like mm-hmm. I'm dying, like a bitch is running to the dye can like right away 100%. don't get me wrong so. all right good well uh, so know. then you
3: answered your own fucking question <laughs> <laughs> But oh, <what> <laughs> honestly i um
1: or the boric acid or the acv baths
0: i love acv baths I'm, i must say yes
1: that actually harmed me when i tried that really yeah it, like made things worse and like hurt me
0: Did you dilute it enough or did you have mad apple cider vinegar and, like, a drop of water?
1: I watched a YouTube video and I did exactly what she said (laughs) and it did not work.
3: See, everybody's vagina is so different. Mm, That too. That's the thing is, like, this is what I'm talking about with, like, the kind of grains of salt, like... People have more sensitive vaginas or more prone to these things. People can respond to putting yogurt in their pussy and or like not like I don't it's hard to say you do what works, but I'm biased in the fact that I'm like, okay, well, I know that these medications, there's data to show that it works. So that's what I'm (laughs) going to prescribe you. I'm not going to tell you to put apple cider vinegar in your vagina. But like if you've done it before and it worked, I guess I can't tell you you to not. I don't have data to show that it's not going to work for you.
0: Facts. So something I will say, and I'm not the doctor here, but something I will say <laughs> is clean your sex toys. Mm, yeah.
3: Yes, yes. I don't think about it? this is good for That's me. Because crucial. You guys can really help me. Wash our day with our freaky ass. The sexual <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm just keeping like, it a buck.
1: Yeah, no. It's way. important to use like antibacterial soap on the sex toy but not on yourself
3: yes yes and a lot of women think that like i don't know cleaning in their vagina with their soapy hand and whatever like that's not helping you it's hurting you talking about ph that shit is knocking your ph off and it's only gonna make whatever's happening worse okay all those powdered scented blah blah blahs some powdered uh the scented like tampons and pads you're better Ew, off without burn. it. Yeah, exactly. Like you're better off without it. <laughs> Ladies, please. Please, Lord. I just, you know, I treat every vagina like it's my own. <laughs> so just <laughs> just take care of it. And sometimes Oops it'll turn Liz. against you no That's matter amazing. what you're doing. That's the thing. Sometimes that bitch is mean.
1: Well, yeah. So that leads us to the listener letter.
3: Yeah, Ooh, wow. this is good.
0: <clears throat>
1: what would you do if you suck at home crying all over that's you know what would you do okay um dear bgt i am 23 and just got my very first case of bv that's bacterial Mm. vaginosis yes it was gross and humiliating i took the antibiotics and lo and behold i got bv again a month later I immediately recognized it because of the very strong smell, and then I took the medicine and got it again. Eventually, it led to lots of fighting in my relationship Mm -hmm. because we weren't having sex because I was embarrassed. Uh, To be honest, I'm still kind of going through it, but now I'm going through it alone because we broke up. Um, Damn. Do you have any remedies or advice for chronic BV?
3: I do. Um... So, I mean, sometimes it's your body's way of, like, readjusting. Like, this shit really does happen. It's like, and I know it because it's happened to me, like, my patients. Like, sometimes it just bees like that. And all you can do is make sure if you're going to the doctor and they're diagnosing you, that they're actually sending off those swabs to the lab to confirm that it's one thing versus the other. A lot of the times, what happens is you'll say, "Oh, I have discharge," or "There's a smell," or whatever, and your doctor is going to prescribe you something. But it could be an antifungal when you have an, a bacteria, or you, they could be prescribing you an, um, an antibiotic when really you have a fungus and like, or like a yeast infection. That's what a fungus is. But you know, so making sure that you have the right diagnosis and you're treating the right thing. I think that again, these are letters. I don't know personally if if she was in my office and said that. I would ask her about the soaps and the perfume she would, was using. I would ask about a change in the condoms and or how long she's been with her partner because sometimes even the new sperm, sperm is basic, y'all, just like Yo, these sperm niggas. be coming for you. But hot pun intended. But, <laughs> <How is it? laughs> but sperm is basic and bacterial vaginosis happens when your vaginal pH becomes more basic. And the thing is that BV, it's a bacteria that already exists in the vagina. Same with yeast. Yeast's already there. But when your pH gets thrown off, either too high or too low, it causes either one of them to overgrow. And that's when you get the discharge and the irritation or the, the smell. One, another thing. like being thing,
1: a fucking chemist.
3: Deadass. Anyway, <laughs> your vagina is crazy. Um. And so, like being aware of things that are making you a little bit more irritating, irritated, and getting them out of your, your habits. And sometimes you need to be like, oh shit, did I change my my detergent? Like something. Sometimes it, that shit gets thrown off like that. Yo, but, that's a fucking
0: fact. That's happened to me too with the goddamn detergent.
3: Yeah, and the the niggas like. It, <laughs> sometimes niggas. you gotta just adjust to a new <laughs> be situation i guess <laughs> <Emma, niggas.
1: laughs> you gotta dump him sis he's g- he might have been the problem no, he probably but- was giving you the fucking B- bv
3: so bv is not sexually transmitted you can't pass it on
1: but oh, okay. trichomonas
3: is, so be careful and it gives you similar symptoms to bv but um the thing with the men you know 23 is young. If he's 23, that means he's really 17 at baseline, sometimes (laughs) 21 (laughs) in terms of his mental state. And niggas don't, they want vagina, but they don't want to do the education about how complex it is and how it doesn't mean that you're nasty or whatever. But that's sometimes the vagina that bitch is going to do whatever she want to do even if you're treating it nicely. And if you're with a dude who's either making you feel bad about that, or I get how it's embarrassing, but no one should no one should ridicule you or make you feel bad if you are a normal, you know, young woman and this shit is happening to you. So, if if that's the reason why y'all not together anymore, consider it his loss and whatever. Fucking sis. But back to I think it really all depends um It really all depends in terms of, again, whether your doctor is actually looking for the thing that they're treating you for. um, What kind of soaps, detergents, condoms, anything that can be irritating. Um, And then from there, Sade, you're right. Like, at the end of the day, I do believe that a lot of this has to do with what you're putting into your body and all that kind of stuff. So, like, if your diet is like straight (laughs) up McDonald's every day and Whatever else, you don't, don't drink Yikes. water. You don't, you know, if you're not drinking water, really, like nothing is, everything is, you're not setting yourself up for success in that <laughs> respect. So I would say try those things. And then um, it's up to you to, like, really look at your entire lifestyle and your diet about what is possibly toxic and what isn't. That is how I would approach it.
0: Yeah. Isn't it possible? This has happened to me before, where it was one or the other that I had a yeast infection, yep. and then I got BV, or I got BV, yep, and then I got Because the antibiotics I like, give you
3: a yeast infection. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. So that happens because I'm telling you, the vagina is just like so bizarre. But even regular antibiotics that anyone can take for anything, it kills all types of bacteria kind of indiscriminately, and. Our bodies are full of bacteria that is mostly helpful to us. And so when you take an antibiotic for whatever reason, say you had BV and you take an antibiotic, that antibiotic is unfortunately killing off the bacteria that your vagina needs to maintain the pH balance. And so it's all just chemistry in there. And so what ends up happening is is the yeast start to grow and grow and because there's no bacteria keeping it in check and then you get a yeast infection and it becomes just like a vicious cycle between the two
1: if this shit were happening to men they would have fucking figured oh, it out
3: figured it out like don't even get me wrong I, I <laughs>
1: like can't. how how is this how can't you figure out a pill that won't cause ugh, it's annoying but girl his loss yeah. is yeah and point. don't be
0: ashamed of that shit like i I'm i mean totally, it's embarrassing I'm, i understand being embarrassed but like yeah, if exactly, you're like shit, like yeah. shanae said like if you're old enough to be fucking like be right. old enough to have the conversation like i was getting my yeast infections i had to talk to my man and be like yo what the fuck is going on like are you are you, you wiping
3: sex toys are you wiping your pp after right, you dribble yeah, exactly. on it? like what's exactly, up, exactly. What's, up? <laughs> what's up yeah it, yeah because if, if they want to be like that Then you got to be like that too Because it goes both ways Exactly Yeah
1: and some people want to be doing freaky stuff Like putting syrup and honey And you know I'm not saying I do that at uh, all Sounds <laughs>
0: like
3: it's a very personal No syrup. not no, Get back to me on the syrup I've never I done think agave that. is a, a better <laughs> consistency <laughs>
1: sugar cane way better put a little sugar cane in there oh
3: sugar cane i'm (laughs)
1: done um but thank you so much we loved having you on and our last segment is called black girl doing shit and glenn is going to present that or shade will
0: (laughs) i think glenn got knocked off or something was going on she's like texting anyways so we have a segment it's called black girl doing shit where we just highlight a black woman young woman just a ass black female in our lives and
3: that is you dr jeffers
1: yes we're like so proud of you the hood is proud girl
3: i appreciate oh. it and thank you guys too seriously this what y'all are doing is very important like oh for gosh, real for thank real
1: thank you that means for so it. much from a doctor
0: stop, i know guys. oh that's doctor stop gosh, honey.
1: she had to close it like that Always. Um, but thank you so much. We're definitely gonna have a part two whenever time permits, because I'm sure this will lead to even more questions and
3: Yeah, and I wanna be able to be like prepared, you know, and, and help no, answer whatever questions people have. Cause again, it's just these platforms, you know. It's these platforms and the opportunity in the space is very important.
0: Well, we're excited to see more that you do, and the minute I get pregnant Text text message.
3: before too, before i want to give you guys your prenatal vitamins you oh know, all, all that kind of it of stuff, okay?
1: oh yeah yes. oh wait could you uh prescribe me those now so my hair can get longer
3: oh i'm th- <laughs> i'm actually my pregnant <laughs> co-resident i've been like oh two for me please because i'm like i want my hair and nails to be on point well <laughs> yeah we'll figure it out We'll come together i'll let you know if, it's Smuggle working those back if it's to work. Brooklyn. he's
0: probably first on the list i'm just gonna shut put that out there
1: no, you are because you're not on birth control. Mmm, mm, Tatiana. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the thing is, you, ha- you need to have sex to have a child.
1: Well, I'm, I'm having plenty me. of sex, it's but sh- it's not- with birth, birth control. So I'm, I'm good.
0: Not having any. So, yeah, there goes that.
3: Well, guess who's <laughs> still more likely to get pregnant? The shorty, uh, not yes. on birth control. Okay? Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: womp womp. Well, you can holler at me,
3: too. I got options counseling for you. Thank you. (laughs) Um,
1: Thank you so much again, and we love you listeners for listening. Please go to Black Girls Texting, rate, follow, subscribe. Uh, Dr. Jeffers, I don't know if you want to share your information. You can or you can't. It's up to you. But um, anything else you would like to say before we close out?
3: Um, I just, you know, I'm just so proud to be in this position where, you know, other black women are looking to me and, you know, my friends, my peers, you guys, just to all to be a part of the same circle. Thanks, everyone, for your questions as well. Um, and, yeah, I guess people can holler at me on the Instagram. Um, don't it, feel pressured. I don't feel pressured. I feel okay. embarrassed because <laughs> my my name is Chanelope P. Cruz. Chanel <laughs> P. Cruz just came to me one day. I didn't know how to
1: say it. I okay, know. now I get yeah, it. Cruz. <laughs> I love that. It, uh, get it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I'd spell it. I just, you guys can, I'm too, I don't want to spell it.
1: <laughs> if you're really curious, you're going to have to figure it out, sis.
3: Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, whatever questions people have, just holler. I would. I would love to try to be a resource for people
2: amazing yeah well, and thank email you, us thank you. listeners and at hello at blackgirlstexting.com if mm. you have any more questions for dr yes Jones, then we can do a part two
0: yes
1: yeah. thanks glenn
3: all right you ladies have a wonderful night you too,
1: you too. thank you, you so too. much bye. thanks for listening bye night bye. night